Welcome to church. It's uh, Local Legends Weekend. And uh, that shouting made, I'm going to sound like I'm a 14-year-old here for a little bit probably. Those of you that don't know me, my name is Brad Thomas. I'm the uh, prayer pastor and the, uh, the CFO of our church. And um, don't you tell me if you can't do it. Because I do spend most of my days praying about money. Not really at all. God is so faithful. You guys are so faithful in your giving, and I just thank you for that. I thank you for that. I want to thank Pastor Jesse and Lauren um, for giving me a microphone, um, for pouring into our staff continually, for, for encouraging us and building us and uh, sometimes stretching us belong, uh, further than, than what we even know we can do. Um, but that's good because it builds, it builds us. It builds us up. When you're, when you're working out, it hurts when you break down your muscles, but that's how they get stronger. And so that's what they do for us. So um, they're not here, obviously. That's why I'm here. Um, can we give them more than a golf clap as well just to honor them? Yeah, come on. So about 18 months ago, I preached a part one of my seven-part series on the 100-year history of the tithe and the effect on the economy of the American church. <laughs> longest title in the world, longest sermon series in the world. So this is part two tonight. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. It's going to be, when, I, when, when God laid this on my heart, Starting back in January, he started just downloading some things. Um, I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, he just he just gave me some things that I want to share tonight. So I, I'm just going to start. Um, I want to I want to talk about this is a faith journey for me. That's what I was trying to say, and I just totally lost my lost my mind. Um, this is this sermon became like a faith journey for me over the last 15 years. So I'm going to let you. Let you see a little bit. Um, I'm probably going to cry. Um, cry with me. There's power in our tears. So I want to tell you a story about my friend Bob Hoover. Um, Bob was on the prayer team at a church we used to attend. And I'm going to start by saying 14 years ago, I don't think I could have said, don't you tell me he can't do it. I lost my dad to brain cancer, didn't have a cure um, I probably would have said, I don't know if you can do it. I knew it, but I didn't know if you could do it. You know, without, you know, I believe, help my unbelief, that type of a thing. And uh, so Bob, <laughs> Bob was on the prayer team, and every week at church, Bob would drag me up to pray for people. I didn't feel like praying for people. I wasn't wasn't really sure. I was wrestling with just doubt, um, but yet faith. God is true to his word. He, he does what he says. My dad died. How do you reconcile that? I'm an accountant. How do you reconcile that? Had strong faith. People in our church were praying for him. Our pastor came to the hospital, prayed. 
my dad passed away. Um, so anyway, back to Bob. Bob would drag me to the altar. And one night, I was a little more willing this particular evening. He drug me up there, and um, I didn't have my heels dug in. I kind of was walking slowly with him. Um, Bob drug me up there, and he listened to whatever. There was a lady that we were going to pray for, and um, he listened to what she had, what her need was. And then he goes, Brad's going to pray for you tonight. And I'm like, I'm going to what? And so then she told me, she goes, I have cancer. And I'm like, doggone it, Bob. And so I just, I was just super honest with the lady. I whispered in her ear and I said, I'm going to pray. Like, I think it was Peter that said, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And so I prayed with the most faith that I could muster at that moment in that situation. And as God is my witness, I have no idea what happened to that lady. I'd love to stand here and tell you that she went to the doctor the next day and she was cancer free, but I have no clue. I never saw her again. But that step began the journey from, I don't know if you can do it, to don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me he can't do it. So we are going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about bold prayer. We're going to talk about storm calming prayer. There's that 14-year-old boys. Dead-raising prayer, mountain-moving prayer, prison-shaking prayer, world-changing prayer, and we'll be out by earlier than Pastor Jesse. Are you ready? All right, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. All the miracles we've seen, you're too good to not believe. Lord, if there are those in the room tonight that were where I was 14 years ago, I pray that you would move in their heart right now and begin to build that faith back up, little by little, or maybe in an instant. But you do what you do guide and direct our steps. And Lord, help me to communicate clearly tonight and just help our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So, first thing I want to talk about is the Lord's Prayer. If we're going to talk about prayer, we might as well start there. Might as well, right? So, in uh, we're going to go to Luke uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. In the King James Version, we're going to kick it old school tonight. King James Version. Ah, this is fun. So it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And for some reason, Luke leaves off, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I don't know why. If you want that version, go to Matthew chapter 6, and you can get that one there. So when I think of the Lord's Prayer, naturally, I think of competition. So when I was, uh, it's, it's, a, 
it's a fun story. So when I was in junior high and high school, um, I was in a program called Teen Bible Quiz. And we would, each year, every year we would memorize or try to memorize all of a different book of the Bible. In my senior year, um, we, were, we were studying Matthew. And so uh, we were at this tournament in um, St. Louis, Missouri, and um, we were pretty good. I'm, I'm, we were pretty good. We were undefeated that day, and um, we were quizzing another team that was undefeated. We were like 6 or 7-0, and oh, and there was like 14 rounds or something. But this was like middle of the day. You come up against a team that's good, and um, you're like, man, we got to we got to put it to them. Good, healthy competition over the Word of God. It's really fun. If you ever get a chance to see Teen Bible Quiz, pull it up on YouTube. It's awesome to watch. But anyway, you'll all be bored and fall asleep, and it's be good practice for part three of my next the sermon. Yeah, it'll be good practice for that. So um, we, uh, we start the match, and we came out like a house on fire. We answered like six of the first seven questions, and... Um, it totally demoralized the other team, and we ended up just crushing them. That was a great victory. Anyway, in that, in the middle of that, like question three or four, um, it was quotation question, quote the Lord's, and I hit the buzzer right there because I knew it was the Lord's prayer. I hit it and interrupted it and said prayer, and then I quoted in 30 seconds, word for word, without mistake, the Lord's prayer from, from Matthew. And, we, and that, so that was, that's why I think of competition when I think of the Lord's prayer. Um, yeah, it was, so it, it's fun. If you ever have a chance to, to do it or watch it, do it, do it. Anyway, enough nostalgia, although there will be more, but back to the Lord's Prayer. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time in detail on this. Pastor Jesse did like a five or six part series on this last May and June entitled, This Then Is What You Should Pray For. And then there was a single word each time. And he goes through the Lord's Prayer and he breaks it down like almost verse by verse. To get, how many remember that series? Yeah, if you don't, um, you can go to our website, click on sermons, then click on see more messages at the bottom of that page. You'll go to YouTube and it's like the five or six sermons right before Freedom Weekend. This paid announcement was brought to you by Eternity Podcasts. Okay. So the Lord's Prayer is awesome. It really is. Um, it covers almost every topic. And I did want to take special note tonight that when the disciples in, in that passage in Luke, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, he didn't use like some table prayer that we use at night, you know, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, whoever's fastest gets the most, or thanks for the food, later dude, whatever. He said the Lord's Prayer. He said, this is how you should pray. And then he says, he says it all. He says it all. So if Jesus says, if, if, you, if you say, teach me to pray, and he says that, it's got to be a good prayer, right? I think so. I think so. So I just encourage you, when you're praying, use that as a model, especially if you don't know what to pray, if you don't know how to pray. Use it as a model. Um, insert your own scenarios, insert your own life experiences into it. Use it as a jumping off point, whatever you need to do. It covers everything, and it's straight from the mouth of Jesus. So how can you go wrong with the Lord's Prayer? You can't. 
And by the way, um, thanks for hollering back. Um, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. So like I said, I'm not going to spend much time. Point two is closet prayer. Closet prayer. Um, Praying in the closet or in a private room at your home. It doesn't have to be a closet. It can be your bedroom. It can be wherever you need it to be. Man cave, whatever. Matthew 6.6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Go into your room or make a room. That sound familiar for maybe from last week? Make a room. Pastor Jesse set me up for that, and neither one of us knew that the other was going to do that. So that's pretty awesome. Um, this, the passage of Scripture where that is, it's at the beginning of Matthew 6, and it's leading into Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. Um, but it, it, it's, it talks about our motives in almost every area of life, in giving to the church, in helping the poor, and in praying. Don't hear what it's not saying. It's not to say never pray in public. If, I ask you, if somebody asks you to come up on the stage and pray, come and pray. Even if it's just a few words, it doesn't have to be a lot. It's talking about your motivation. It's talking about your heart. Who is your audience when you pray? It's him. We have an audience of one. We don't need to, I'm not praying. I'm praying for you guys, but I'm not praying for you guys. Does that make sense? He is my audience. He is who I'm concerned that hears. So it's about our heart. It's about our motivation. It's about what's behind what we are doing. All right. So go into your room and shut the door. And then what's next? Guys, this is where we do battle. We do battle for our family, for our businesses, for our friends, um, relatives, um, unsaved people that you come across, um, the things that bug you. This is where you do battle. This is where you you just you kind of have it out with God, really, um, and and you worship Him and you do all of that. But I'm I'm just encouraging you: beg, plead, yell. If you need to pound the floor, man, you're in your closet. Pound the floor. God, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being in this situation. I need a breakthrough, and I need it now. That's where you do that stuff. You do all that stuff in there, and, and, and he'll answer, and it'll build your faith, I promise. It doesn't matter how ugly it is, how ugly you get, how ugly the situation is in your prayer closet. It is just you and your creator, and he loves your honest heart, I promise you. He loves your honest heart. How many have heard of the term intercession or intercessory prayer? Yeah, closet prayer, a great place to do that. It's a great place. Intercession is defined as the act of intervening on behalf of another or the action of saying a prayer on behalf of another person. It's almost like putting yourself in someone else's situation or circumstances and just going to Jesus and say, Lord, I know that Ian needs this, and, and I'm just asking you to move on his behalf. I'm asking you to touch him. I'm asking you to change his circumstances, his situations, whatever, whatever. This is where you intercede. Pray for whatever you feel like praying for. Kids, family, church, city, state, nation, pastors, government leaders, government officials, everyone needs prayer. Everyone does. If you say you don't, you do. (laughs) You might need it more. (laughs) 
The last time I preached, um, I told you the story of my grandma who got saved when she was 95. And then she died two years later at 97. Um, I interceded for my grandma my whole life. And I don't know why she was so stubborn. I don't know why it took her so long. I don't, I don't. But literally, as I, you know, first when I was a little kid, I prayed, Jesus, help grandma to get saved. And then the last few years before she did, um, my prayer was, because I, I knew her, she lived 2,500 miles away. So when I say I knew her better, that's, I've seen her six times in my whole life. But I knew her better than I did when I was little. And so I knew kind of how she was wired. And so I just started praying, Lord, she's bitter. She's got a lot of hurt. But put people in her path that are credible Christians, people that aren't hypocritical, people that don't come across as a Bible thumper, people that she will trust and listen to. Put those people in her path. And he did. And... 90, 95 years old, my mom called me one day and she goes, Brad, you're never going to believe this. Grandma got saved. And I, I did what I'm doing now. I did what I'm doing now. I didn't pray for her every day. I'd be lying if I said I did. But I did pray very, very regularly. So guys, when you're in your closet, intercede, pray. Ask God for those tough things. Ask him for the things that you're like, I don't know if you can do that, but I'm going to ask. So do, just do that. Do that. If you pray using a prayer list, if you're one of those, whatever that is, type A, B, C, D, whatever, Z. If you're one of those ones that makes lists, use your prayer list in your closet. It's a great thing to do. It'll keep you on track. It'll keep your mind focused. It'll, keep, it'll help. It really does. It really does. My father-in-law, every morning, every morning, 5 a.m. He goes down the list. He prays for his kids. He prays for their spouses. He prays for his 15 grandkids. He prays for his seven great-grands, something like that. Eight. There's probably, there's probably an eighth one on the way already. My nieces and nephews are... Never mind. Never mind. Hey, Pastor Jesse says way worse things than I do, so... <laughs> That's why we love him. Uh, I know that he uses that list, but that's not all he prays for. But you know what? I'm sure glad I'm on that list. It makes a difference in my life, and I know that it does. Another thing about closet prayer, take time to listen. This means be quiet. Be quiet. God is always speaking. I know I'm not always listening. I like to talk. But I need to be better. And it does take practice to listen. It does. Because it, it, you have to not just close this. You have to calm your heart. And you have to open up your spirit to what, what, to what God's saying. i tell a story that happened just recently. There's a gentleman in our church. And... Um, God had spoken something pretty specific to him. And uh, he goes, Brad, I need you to, I need you to pray and see what, what God says to you. 
And uh, I said, well, well what, am I, what did he say to you? And uh, he's like, I'm not going to tell you. I want you to go to God and ask him so he could confirm what the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And that's, that's biblical. He heard something, he took it to the word, and then he asked another person. There's nothing wrong with that. But I wish you would have given me a hint. So I prayed, but guess what? I didn't really listen. I just was, you know, God, whatever it is, uh, just, just let me know somehow. Um, I, 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 I'm listening, and then I just go on and kind of keep doing things. I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't take the time to listen. And after about two weeks of that and seeing that gentleman every week at church, um, and every now and then he'd go, did God speak to you yet? And I'm like, no, sorry. So finally one morning, I was out walking my dog, praying, and I just had the thought, I don't, I want to, I have to honor and respect that guy's request, and I need to take the time to actually listen. And uh, I do a lot of that, do a lot of praying, a lot of, I, I say that my, my beagle is going to speak in tongues someday, because I, I pray when I'm walking the dog, and he might meow someday, and I'll know that he's got the, the he's been filled with the Holy Spirit. So when the dog meows, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, just so you know that. That is not anywhere in here at all. I think it's over here. Uh, so I, I just said, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to quiet myself, and I want you to tell me what you want to tell me for this gentleman. And it doesn't always happen this way, but that particular morning, I said those words, and it was within Within five seconds, I heard restoration. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I know this guy. I know what he's got going on. God, what are you going to restore? And then he said, restoration of all things. It was literally that clear. And so I was like, okay, that's great. And, and knowing what it was all about, it made my heart happy. Well, not even thinking what time it was. 5.45-ish. Um, I zipped off a text to this guy, and then I realized, oh, my gosh, it's 5.45 in the morning. What am I doing? So um, anyway, anyway, he, uh, um, when, I, when I told, or when he got that text, and then when we talked to you, that is the exact same thing that God said to me. And so we had a little Holy Ghost party on the phone in the church lobby and wherever else, wherever we were. It's, it's been, it was really cool. So you got to take time to be quiet. You got to take time to quiet yourself. I promise you, God will speak when you quiet yourself. He'll speak in the noise too, but he will speak when you quiet yourself. He's got you right where he wants you and you're listening. One other thing, when you're in your prayer closet, when you're being quiet, um, you'll probably fall asleep. You will. It's okay. I do have a funny story, though. You guys will appreciate this. So at our old church, um, this was, oh my gosh, 15, 16, whatever years ago. We had these on Friday nights. A couple times a month, or maybe it was just once a month, I don't remember, we would have what we called prayer storm, and we prayed from 10 p.m. till midnight. And you're kind of tired at that point. But anyway, 
this one particular night, we all came together. We had a big kind of group prayer, and then we went kind of scattered throughout the sanctuary. There was worship music on. Um, we were praying quietly then, interceding on our own. And from across the room, I hear this. And I, it, prayer was done for me. I started laughing, and I just I couldn't, I couldn't get it back. Um, I, I was just gone. <laughs> you guys are probably all better than me, and if that happened, nobody would laugh. And it, well, it was just funny. I mean, there, you, God has a sense of humor, and he, he likes to tickle our funny bone. It was really funny at the time, I promise you. Um, but God does speak to you in your dreams. There's a whole bunch of examples like that in the Bible. I mean, Joseph, like in the Old Testament, God gave him a dream that all of his brothers were going to bow down to him. It happened. Uh, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, God warned him in a dream to take two-year-old baby Jesus to Egypt because Herod the madman king was going to kill all the babies. God speaks to you in your dreams. It, sometimes it's way more practical than that. So I've said a few times, I've been a, before I got my minister credentials and stuff, I'm a CPA as well, so I'm just weird. Anyway, I, was, I worked for um, one of the larger accounting firms in the country, and I was on an audit of a bank. That's every bit as fun as it sounds. But we did get to go skiing on this one because it was in January and we went to the ski hill. Hill, not mountain, in Dubuque. Sundown Mountain is what it's called. It is not a mountain, I promise. So whatever the situation was in the bank that particular day what we, when we were auditing, we got in this complex thing and it was, it was kind of tying my brain in knots and I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't figure it out. It was... It was just hard. So I went to bed that night, and I, I want, I'm not going to stand here and say the last thing I did before I went to bed was I prayed. I will tell you that in the middle of the night I had a dream, and I dreamed the answer to my, question, to my problem. And I woke up thinking, I wonder if that will really work. So off we went into, the, went to the audit, went to the room that day, and we started doing our stuff. And I started doing what was in that dream, and it worked. And, it, and I, I, I went outside, and I had a little, little Holy Ghost party in a bank parking lot in Dubuque one time. God is good, and he will always speak. We need to put ourselves in a position to listen. It's okay to fall asleep, but <laughs> don't use that listening time. Like, man, I'm really tired. I need a nap. I'm going to pray. It's okay if you fall asleep. Let's not make excuses, though. God wants, he wants to be intimate with us, and that's where he does it. The final thing that I want to talk about tonight, um, and this, this part of what I'm going to talk about, this is what God gave me first in this. I was, uh, I, I don't know, I think, I think about weird stuff, but I'm like, Lord, why do we, why do we say so many words when we pray? There's a, there's a lot of examples in the Bible of Jesus praying very short 
but very powerful prayers. I have a former pastor's wife that used to say to her husband, the pastor, your sermon doesn't have to be everlasting to be eternal. We're not in that boat tonight, I promise. But I would say the same thing about our prayers. We don't have to pray a long time to pray the fire of heaven down on somebody. It doesn't take much. Jesus did it, and we're going to walk through a few examples here. But I will say this about Jesus. Many times in Scripture, it says Jesus went away into a mountain. He went into a desolate place to pray. He went away by himself. Sometimes he took a few of the disciples, but Jesus made a room, and he came out in power. So, Mark 4.39, we kind of know this story if we've been around in the church very long at all. Um, the, The disciples and Jesus are in a boat. This big storm comes up on the lake, and um, the waves are coming over the side of the boat, and he's sleeping. He's doing the... He was doing that. They wake him up, and they're panicked. And he stands up in the boat, and it says he looks at the wind and waves and says, peace, be still. And then it says there was a great calm. He influenced the weather with three words. We got meteorologists that get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars around here, and they can't even tell us how much it's going to snow. Or they'll say stuff like, this is a really unpredictable system, and if it moves a little to the north or to the south, we might get one inch of snow or three feet. Um, Jesus influenced the weather with three words. Peace, be still. The second one, John chapter 11 Lazarus died. Jesus got to his house a few days later, and Mary and Martha, his Lazarus's sisters, and um, a bunch of the people that were there with them, comforting him, they were all crying. And in John eleven thirty five, it takes really special note. It says Jesus wept too. He was sad. His friend died. He was experiencing loss and sadness, just like we all do. But then he went to the tomb and he asked the people to roll away the stone in three words. Lazarus, come forth. And with those three words, he influenced death and life. Man, you gotta, you gotta have some confidence and some boldness and some mm, to, to say, come forth. And Lazarus walks out of the tomb, they unwrapped him, and he was completely whole. It doesn't tell us how much longer he lived or anything like that, but he was dead and he was alive with three words, three words. Mark 19.30, Jesus is on the cross. It might be John 19.30. Mark doesn't have that many chapters. It's John 19.30. Jesus is on the cross. Last thing he says before he passes, it is finished. With that prayer, he changed the course of history. I've been reading in the Bible in Leviticus and Numbers, because I'm an accountant. I like to read the book of Numbers a lot. Anyway, um, (laughs) accountants, if you don't know, do like to make jokes about themselves. So you are all the victims of my bad sense of humor. Anyway, in Leviticus and Numbers, it talks about 
wave offerings. It talks about grain sacrifices. It talks about sheep sacrifices, goats, pigeons, turtle doves, cattle, and all for different occasions, all for different things. If you do them at the wrong time, you may get swallowed up by the earth, so be careful. Just this past week I read, take a cow, a a red heifer with no blemish. So it couldn't just be any cow. You had to find a red one. Jesus changed all that when he said it is finished. The course of history changed. And now we don't have to do that stuff. We can come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and obtain, to find grace and mercy to help in time of need. We don't have to do that. Jesus changed the course of history because he wanted eternal relationship with us. They tried all that stuff from the time Adam and Eve sinned. And with three words, Jesus changed it so we can go straight to him. That's awesome. You got, ready for, you got time for two more? The clock says we do, so we're going to do them. Here's a two-word prayer. This, this one's fun. Uh, Jesus, with his entourage of disciples, they come walking into this town, and there's a, a leper there. And I don't know exactly what, there's a lot of jokes about what leprosy was. It's a skin disease, and literally your skin would fall off. We used to make jokes when I was a junior high moron that said, you know, like you'd make jokes about arms falling off and junk like that. And I don't, I don't know that that happened, but it was a contagious skin disease. And it was, if it got into the city, it could wipe the whole thing out. Everybody be filled with leprosy. So this man walks up to Jesus and he says, sir, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. And then the two words that he said, be clean. And the leprosy was gone. I don't think he even touched him. He said, be clean. And the leprosy was gone. The leprosy was gone. One more. Mark 734. He says one word. He's, he's walking, once again, walking into town. A deaf man approaches him. He's been deaf from birth, I believe. I uh, just thought of a funny video that I saw right before church, and I'm not going to go there. So Jesus approaches the man, and he says, Ephatha. That's Aramaic or Greek or whatever that is for be opened. This one, this this story is so awesome. So one word, Ephatha. Jesus, (laughs) this, the Bible, for... Oh, my gosh. It just has details in it that you're like, why in the world does that matter? He sticks his fingers in the deaf man's ears. He spits. I don't know if he spit on him, but he spit. And then he touched the man's tongue and said, Ephaphtha. His ears were opened immediately. His tongue loosened, and he spoke plainly. One word. One word. Guy was born deaf. Guys, I've had the opportunity one time. I prayed for a man that was deaf in one ear. It was me and a couple other guys. I don't share the credit here with Jesus, of course. But I was praying for this guy, and um, he was a worship leader. So you need your ears, right? 
and uh, we just touched his ear. And when that thing popped open, I wish you could have seen his face. It was like he was in a whole new world. Like his, in the Bible, it talks about when Moses was with Jesus, his face was shining like the sun. And that's what this guy looked like. He was like, I have, this is amazing. And so he started crying and we were all rejoicing with God. We did not spit on him though, I promise you that. Promise. There was no spitting involved. Short but powerful prayers, right? Right. Guys, the same spirit that dwelled in Jesus dwells in us. The same spirit. We operate in the exact same authority that he does. He gave it to us when he went back to when he was when he went back to heaven after he died. He gave us all authority in heaven and in earth. So pray boldly. Pray boldly. Be encouraged. Don't don't let stuff scare you. Um, you're not the one healing anyway. You're not the one that answers the prayer. Just pray. Just pray. I'm not saying not to pray long prayers. I just sometimes wonder why we do. Sometimes I feel like it's expected. If you came up to the altar for prayer and um, shared your need with me or one of the prayer team, and we said, Ephaphtha, and walked away, how would you react? Would you say, he doesn't care? Um, or would you just, I suppose if you, got, if you were deaf and you got healed, you'd be, that's good enough, that's awesome, and you'd be walking and leaping and praising and cartwheeling down the aisle. But I think we might, you might feel shortchanged. I don't know. I don't know that that's wrong. But I do know that many times when I pray for people, the Lord will give me a scripture in the King James Version because that's how I memorized it. And it'll be, and I'll just pray that. And not 100% of the time, I miss it. But a lot of the times, it'll be exactly what that, what that person needs prayer for. God's so good. He's so good. He'll speak if we listen. He'll speak through us if we surrender. Other people will see, get words of knowledge while they're praying about exactly how to handle the situation that you came up asking for prayer for. Some people see visions while they're praying, and it's a vision of the solution or a vision of something that's going to happen to you in the future. So when we pray those long prayers, it builds our, it builds our faith and and. and I feel like it encourages the people that we're praying for. So whether you pray long or whether you pray short, it doesn't really matter. Um, just surrender yourself to Jesus and allow him to move through you, to speak to you, and encourage your heart, build your faith so you can be bold as a lion. Bold prayer takes great faith. I encourage you tonight, make your room, go into it, shut the door, do your business, surrender your heart, and come out with bold faith. Jesus did it. We need to do it. He'll make our prayers bold because he, he fills us. And we'll know that whatever we ask for, we'll receive because it's backed by heaven. Can't go wrong, right? All right. Very good. Tonight, um, before we leave, we're going to pray one more bold prayer. 
and we're going to pray a prayer to begin a friendship with Jesus. We're going to take a step of faith, say, Jesus, I surrender to you tonight. Come and have your way in my life. We do this every week here at church, so I'm not going to... I'm going to say a phrase. I want you guys all to repeat it back to me. Once you stand, we concentrate, but we pray better when we're standing. We can't fall asleep. I'm going to pray a prayer one line at a time. I want you to just repeat it back to me, and we're just going to say, Jesus, I love you, and I'm committing my life to you. So here we go. You ready? All right, here we go. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sin. I believe he rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life, and great boldness. I receive all of those things. Please forgive me of the things I have done wrong. You call them sin. And help me to live my life the way you designed it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give the shout tonight? Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.